2: You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: What up with you? Doug Gottlieb, Bucky Brooks, in for Dan the Danettes. This is The Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Seven sleeps away from college football. Seven. Oh, you're like, oh, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I know you're excited about that. Who isn't? Ah, uh, Bucky. By the way, is a, a high school football coach. He's got his first game today, upcoming in uh seven and a half seven seven and a half hours, seven and a half hours, three <laughs> thirty uh, local time. Uh, this is just kind of random question. Okay, like, do you feed them in high school? Do, do they have team meal?
4: Some some teams do, but a lot don't? of our kids get out at like twelve o'clock. They go and they eat. We tell if, them
3: if you were gonna feed them, okay. Like things have changed so much
4: from from our high school days.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> like I used to so I had I had a, a trainer when I was in high school, uh, the late Marv Burnovich.
4: Okay. And yeah, Marv was yeah, yeah. one of the yeah. first
3: conver, converts to the zone diet, you know, uh 40%, but it was it was not complex carbs, right? It's natural carbs. Yeah. 40 30 30, right? So you know, the night before games, I was trying to eat, you know, chick grilled chicken, and yeah. salads, whatever. Yeah. And everybody was Olive Gardening it up. Yeah, pasta, breadsticks. Yeah. I, I do the, I do the salad of Olive Garden. I still like the salad of Olive Garden today. Breadsticks, everyone. Everyone's carb loading. Yeah, heavy. So heavy when you up.
4: when you feed them now, how many hours before? And like we haven't done it. It's so it's so odd. Uh, at my previous school, we used to take them. Uh, we'd take them to a restaurant and they would order the stuff. So it's funny because nutrition is still important. I still don't know if it's filtered all the way down to like high school, the way that it should, in terms of understanding like, Hey, this is a proper meal that'll get you ready to go. You want to have your peak performance. This is what you need to, to eat. So it's, look, it's, it's, it's one of these ever-evolving things. I just hope they eat something, yes. so they're not completely passed out.
3: Yes, but then there's that magic, you want to eat something, but you want that kind of hungry tiger Yes, there, right? Yeah, you want some of that. You, you want a, l- a little bit of that. Zach Jackson joins us, covers the Browns for The Athletic. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson settlement is all the news. It's a lead story on every newscast, every sports talk, debate show, you name it. Zach, how is, uh, how is not just the suspension but the browns and specifically deshaun watson's response how's it going over today in cleveland
5: well deshaun's response is not going over real well um but you know i'm at the building now and i think upstairs i think there's a sense of relief you know obviously that that there's something close to finality to the process um that he's going to play and that and they can just move on. I mean, it hasn't been a major distraction to this point, but, you know, everybody knows that this is out there. It came yesterday when the Philadelphia Eagles are here for what, you know, the Browns coach Kevin Stefanski considers the most important two days of training camp. So uh, Watson's not going to play the rest of the preseason. You know, when they do the roster cuts in 10 days, he's going to go away. But having some certainty, some football clarity, um, and, and, you know, being able to to move to the next phase I think is big as the Browns try to get ready because, look, if they're 5-6 and with Brissette or whoever it's going to be, they're alive. They have the roster to do that, to even be better than that, right? So they just need to get down to details and business and try to move past this to to every inch that they can.
4: Okay, so let's assume Jacoby Brissette is going to be the guy doing this 11-game run. How are the Browns preparing to make it where they're able to kind of stay at that 500 mark? With a quarterback who, look, he's been okay, um, but he's certainly not Deshaun Watson.
5: Well, Buck, they're going to take the ball out of his hands. They're going to feed Nick Chubb. They're going to feed him, Kareem Hunt. They might keep four running backs. They have a very good offensive line. Um, yeah, they they have a level of trust in Brissett. Now, I think their level of trust in Brissett was a lot more at four or six games, which they hoped and thought the suspension would be, than it is at eleven. But he has played. Um, they have had time. You know, they, they kind of flipped to last weekend to where he's getting every snap in the number ones. He's been here every day since April. He's played in thirty seven NFL games. So um he doesn't move like Deshaun and he doesn't throw like Deshaun. But they feel confident in what they've put around him. And I think they're just gonna ride Nick Chubb. I think I think they really have not overused Nick Chubb in the last couple of years, and I think they're they're going to be ready to do so if necessary this year.
3: Um, in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, any chance they reach out there and or you know and say, "Look, we we need another starting caliber quarterback."
5: Absolutely. You look at where the schedule goes, Doug. With the Bengals and Ravens back to back in October, come off the bye and play at Miami, at Buffalo. Um, Jimmy would be a fit in the system. Jimmy is better than Jacoby Percet. He has experience, but you know, you're going to bring him in here and break up what you've done, and then break it up again in November. And then part of the reason that they never considered Jimmy Garoppolo, a big part um, you know back in all their planning was his injury history and the thought that it wasn't a huge talent upgrade. So plan A is obviously out the window, right? And and they have taken all this on, the on-and-off-the-field stuff. So I definitely think they're going to explore it. I definitely think they should explore it. But it's just not as easy as saying, okay, um, here's a four or five. Let's – bring in Jimmy, right? Like there's salary cap implications, there's chemistry implications, and then there's, you know, what their true evaluations are of what they've seen in Brissett. I can't answer. So I think that is a big thing before they dive into, um, you know, whatever else will come of it.
4: A lot of the focus has been on the offense and how they're going to navigate this without Deshaun Watson. But in my mind, I think the defense has to carry more weight. Is this defense prepared uh, to maybe play a bigger role in this team's success?
5: It has to be Buck. Uh, I think Greg Newsom, the second-year corner, is ready for a big leap from what I've seen. Now they haven't had a lot of their guys in camp, and, and you know when you're this experienced, you don't really need it. But if you look at Newsom taking a leap, Grant Delpit taking a leap, um, Jok, who they drafted last year, who I thought was phenomenal as a rookie, he's not for everybody, but he's he's freaky fast and rangy. I mean, if you're going to have Garrett and Clowney healthy, right, and you're going to have a lead and a chance to let those guys loose you could be really good. Um, they feel good about their secondary. I, it's not deep, but as long as they're healthy, they have playmakers. John Johnson been around the NFL for a long time. I thought he was really good at the end of last year. So they remade the defense last year, and it wasn't very good until November, but it finished strong. So, yeah, there's a lot of talent there. And, you know, every game, every week going to be a fight, and you're going to need your defense and your kicker, right? But – If this defense stays healthy and if this defense can steal them, one or two, and when you look at the quarterbacks they play earlier in their schedule, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Then, yeah, then I think the defense can get them there to a point where they can be alive in December. And then, you know, you hope everything comes together eventually.
3: Uh, I'm not sure if people in Cleveland are aware, but um, I'm kidding. Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, likely week one. How did he lose that locker room?
5: How did he lose it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. um, You know, I think there's a lot of personalities in that locker room. I don't think that Baker's jabbed with all of them, and I just think the lack of performance, right? You know, they played on Thursday night, and Baker finally had to sit because of the injury. And a guy that lived online, Doug, didn't even take five seconds to go back on Instagram and say, proud of my teammates tonight. You know, he was away from the team for two weeks with the COVID thing. and He came in, he threw a bunch of picks. at John Johnson's on Twitter during the game saying, run the damn ball. Like I, you know, the Odell thing took a lot out of everyone. And I can't say for certain that it drew a line from you were either on one side or the other. But I know a lot of guys were on one side or the other. Some of them talked about it publicly. You could see it in their face. Odell quits the team they go beat the Bengals by 25. The next week, they lose by 45, and the offense never recovered. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at the schedule, they play Baker in week one, and Deshaun is back for Houston. Um, it's two things you couldn't make up, right? <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be a lot of feelings in week one, and, <laughs> frankly, there's going to be a lot at stake for a lot of people. No, I,
3: I, I, mean, I mean, I ask because, look, I get how Baker looks and feels, and everybody, like, when he walks in the room, you're by him, like, I like that dude. I just don't know if he's got the goods, right? And that, that that's what it felt like to me happened in Cleveland whereas eventually like, look, I, I like Baker when I thought he could ho- when I thought he could play, but I'm not sure he couldn't he couldn't make the plays.
5: There there's a video of the Steelers game last year where they fail in the fourth quarter and Odell walks right by him like he's not even there on the sideline. And that would be you know, Odell never came back in the building again, right? So that was that. But you know, that was right before the trade deadline. That was kind of the impetus for all of this. And it just, it got worse. When he played the Monday night game last year after they were eliminated and went on IR two days later, I was like, he's not coming back in the facility. You could feel it. Nobody would say it, but you could feel it. And listening to the head coach and watching the head coach and then watching Baker too. You know, Baker is, is Baker. He does not hide anything in his words or his body language. And it, it, it went really poorly from, early November until early January. And you could, you know, we didn't know that all this was going to be the outcome, but those close to the team always knew that that Baker wasn't coming back.
4: Okay. And thinking about that and thinking about Baker going to Carolina, because right now it's a bit of a honeymoon period. Do you think there's been enough time from the disappointment in Cleveland to rejoin to joining a team in Carolina for him to kind of learn from those lessons that should have been learned?
5: I think so, Buck. Um, I think last year for the in week one for the first three quarters he played his best NFL game, too. But yeah, I, I think a little bit of humility, a little bit of getting dragged out there, and then of course you know what went on with the Browns basically using Twitter to break up with him. Um, you know that that was out there. If that doesn't humble you, there's a problem. He's got this opportunity. He's only under contract for this year. He had to give money back to the Panthers to facilitate this trade. He should have every reason. To want to have a big year to be locked in for his future, and then it's even spicier because they play the Browns right away.
3: Zach, awesome stuff. Zach Jackson, he writes for the Athletic. He covers the Browns. Obviously, has a world of information on the team that, frankly, everybody's been talking about. Will continue to be talking about. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Anytime, guys. All right, Zach Jackson, joining us. That, that became that. That whole, the whole inner workings of the locker room are amazing.
4: Yeah, I mean. It is. I mean, one thing that we we know, you can't fool players. And so it's one thing to come in with a lot of pomp and circumstance and uh, fake bravado. It's another thing to then actually have to play and do it. And so a lot of it is your ability to look at someone and say, man, that's a baller. And people know it pretty quickly. Uh, People also know how you respond to adversity and how you bounce back and how you play in big moments and all this stuff matters. And so... It's really important for Baker going forward uh, to keep his head down, to kind of grind, and to ultimately perform. Because all the other stuff doesn't matter. It comes down to performance and production, and guys have to see it and feel it from you before they can follow you. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fascinating to see how that
3: thing evolves in Carolina, and it starts Week One <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you you can't, can't make scripted. You cannot make that thing up. And that one, I don't know how much... I'm trying to think of when the schedule release was, when the schedule was made, if it, was, it, probably, it wasn't actually planned. But gosh, it seemed to work out perfectly. It
4: oh, just, I mean, it's great. Must-see TV. Perfect.
3: Must, must. And, and it's not just must-see TV. Like, look, Chargers-Raiders starts the season. That was the last game of the regular season last year. That was incredible. So you start, okay, that's kind of like planned out. You could see that being... Like, the Raiders are more popular in L.A. than the Chargers. Like, all that feels like a great scheduling thing when it came up. You you saw the Browns and Carolina to start the year going back four or five months ago. You'd be like, this is a weird game to start the year. Now, it's the perfect game. It's the perfect game to start the year. All right, coming up next, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have not one, not two, but three quarterbacks, including a hometown product they drafted in the first round. Who starts for him? Find out next on The Dan Patrick Show.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of The Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
0: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. Whoa, Okay. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer.
1: Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes.
2: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code Show. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos.
3: Doug Gottlieb, Bucky Brooks in for Dan the Danette, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. I love this. I love the term that Mike Tomlin used for Kenny Pickett and the minute, the and the and the snaps and the reps that he's going to get. Uh, Bucky is a varsity high school football coach. He also does the preseason games for the for the Jaguars and do the sideline for the Jaguars during the regular season. Um he has the Move the Sticks podcast, but more than anything, like this is the talk of real sports talk is this. He said uh, Kenny Pickett's going to get more varsity time in the next game versus the Steelers. I think I know what that means, <laughs> but you're the football guy. Tell me what it means.
4: They want to see Kenny Pickett play against the, the, the starters. The ones. They want to get a chance to see him play against good. So when he talks about varsity, yeah, they they put him in the game last week. He was the third quarterback to go into the game. He played against against the JV guys, the backups, the twos, the threes, and maybe some of the guys that won't be there. He was spectacular against that crew. So now what happens in football, if it's a meritocracy, hey, you earned a little more time. And they're not saying that this is a real quarterback competition, but when you start flipping the rotation, and you have a young guy, particularly a first-round pick, that impresses if he impresses against the varsity, Mitchell Trubisky, and him, it'll be a real conversation as to who will be the starting quarterback in week one. Well, I,
3: I think it's interesting because you have Trubisky's the best athlete, mm-hmm. right? Mason Rudolph has the best knowledge of the system and of the team, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm sure there's a certain amount of respect he has within that building having actually been a starting quarterback for the Steelers. Trubisky does carry some of the baggage mm-hmm. of Chicago more so than, obviously, the, than Buffalo. But then you have Pickett, who he runs the benefit. And this is one of those things where it's like an interesting thing for like a high school kid trying to choose a college, right? Where you're viewed totally differently if people at the college saw you play in high school. So they saw you at your best. Yeah, And I think the same is true in, in the pros, right? The fact that he played at Pittsburgh in that same stadium, and it wasn't just the executives, just the city, saw him play. He kind of carries a respect, mm-hmm. maybe slightly above the level of his actual talent. I think that helps him in this thing.
4: It absolutely helps him. First round pick, I would say you know, he's not from hometown hero in right. terms of college star that goes and does, it, kills it, his first appearance. He was very comfortable because that's the stadium that he always played in. There were a bunch of pitch fans there. It felt like his teammates from college were there watching him. He had a lot going on whatever, 13 for 15, just lights it up, throwing the ball all over the yard. So now what you do is, you give him more time against the Jaguars to see, is it too big for him against the ones? If he looks like he looked in the first game, now becomes a real hard conversation with Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff, about how do we handle this? Do we let it play out and go into the regular season and let Mitchell Trubisky start the season as the starter? And then maybe wait for an opening or do we just pull the band-aid off and say, Hey, we're going to play the young quarterback and figure it out. He's never, Mike's never had, Tom has never had a losing season. Um, the
3: defense appears to be really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, one would think their running game is better. I mean, one of the reasons the running game was bad last year, I was told by a couple of Steelers that big Ben would not get under center. He did not want to turn his back to the defense and play action. So that obviously hurts your running game when you got to do everything out of the shotgun. Um, So it it does open up the playbook to a certain extent. Do you factor in who you play? And I ask you because they begin the season against the AFC champions. Then you take on the New England Patriots. Mm. Then you take on the Cleveland Browns on the road before you get the Jets at home. That one appears to be the soft landing. It is followed by the Bills on the road. (laughs) Then you got the Buccaneers at home, Dolphins on the road. Like It's not an easy schedule. Um, And that division, so I don't know if you can pick and choose, but does that, as
4: a coach, does that affect your decision? Sometimes you look for the the nice entryway. If you had an early bye, if the bye was early in the year, that's normally the transition point because you can take the week of practices leading into the bye, then coming out of the bye, you have two weeks to get your quarterback ready to play. Uh, This is different because that slate is very difficult. So maybe you hold him out in that. I I think...
3: The, the Browns game, I think that's a Thursday night game,
4: right so, after so, Browns game. So right, right after the Browns game could be the most. Because then, Cause you, you, have, then the, you play
3: the Jets, yeah. and you
4: have a longer time to you have a longer to, you have a longer, longer time week, to prep, longer week to prepare, so you can do it. So maybe that is a deal. And then you always have, if you start Trubisky, um, it's a lot easier to go to Kenny Pickett because now Kenny Mitch Trubisky isn't necessarily affected. He doesn't have like hard feelings because he felt like he was wronged. Right. Now you can at least let him maybe play his way out of the job, but knowing that Kenny Pickett is closing, he's closing fast.
3: Yes, and and you, I, I don't think you can do. It's very
4: hard to do what Miami did to Tua. Like
3: once you start the kid, you start the kid. You don't pull him. Yeah,
4: you got to right? you got to keep him in. Once once you make the decision that he's your starter, you have to keep
3: him in. So there's and so that that's where there doesn't have to be a rush to do it, and you just kind of play it by ear. But I love the term varsity. Right, like JV, that. yeah, that that's always a fun one. That levels dudes off right away. Like that was great. <laughs> now do it against the varsity. Now, this is this is varsity varsity uh, sports. What about New England? And I, I said that Michael Lombardi joined us earlier, and of course he's worked for Belichick, and he, he talked about how Belichick has always had his fingerprints on everything, including the offense. So the 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 idea. That this is something new. It's new because there's no Josh McDaniels. It's new because you have no defined offensive coordinator. My thought on it was: Look, I understand this is not traditional in comparison to the rest of the NFL. Mm -hmm. But it's: Are we really questioning Bill Belichick? Like again, he makes bad. Everybody makes bad decisions. Everybody makes mistakes. Like he's kind of been amazing for 25 years. Like I don't think people have a healthy respect for two years ago. Cam Newton couldn't throw a football, mm-hmm. right? They 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 won seven games with a quarterback who wasn't with them in training camp. They lost eight guys to 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 opt outs to COVID, and they still found a way to win seven games. With Cam Newton who couldn't throw a football, yeah. And then last year with a rookie quarterback in a re, in a good division, right? M- Miami may not have gotten off to a good start as a pretty good football team by the end of the year, and the Bills were if not the best, one of the best teams in the NFL. And they got to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback and a remade team. Like, I don't, I, I guess my thing is, you just, how much do you question Belichick, even if this is a non
4: traditional way of calling plays? Yeah, it's a non traditional way of calling plays. I had no idea you were going to take us there, but here's what I, I find fascinating I think um, most people assume that the only people who can have offensive ingenuity are guys that come from the offensive side of the ball. And I will tell you that if you know defense, you know offense. So Matt Patricia spending most of his time on the defense side of the ball, he certainly understands uh, what is very, very difficult to defend. Now calling the game from that side takes some work because it takes time to get into a flow and the rhythm and how do you set things up, how do you uh, come up with a list of complimentary plays to go with your base stuff and all of that. But I think people need to dig deeper because when you work for the Patriots – one thing they do with their players, coaches, and executives, everyone cross trains. So, Doug, if you came in as a defensive back, they may ask you to play some wide receiver. Or if you've only coached defensive backs, they may ask you to coach wide receiver because they want, you, they want you to understand the entire game, the, the, the picture, because it flips. If you're only in defensive meeting rooms, you hear speculation about how the offense thinks. But until you play on that side or until you're in that room, then you're like, oh, that's what they think. And sometimes you figure like, oh, they have no idea what we're talking about on defense. And so that knowledge is important in terms of building out your staff. And so because he is the overseer and the ultimate puppeteer, he can figure it out. And they'll figure out how to get this thing. So I am not in a panic over the Patriots offense because it's preseason. And this is the experimental phase for the Patriots. And also they use the first four games of the regular season as an extended part of the preseason before they figure out. Okay, this is how we must play for our team to maximize their talent.
3: Yes, but you—it's if you decide in the preseason of those first four games,
4: holy crap, we should have signed an offensive quarter, should have hired an <laughs> offensive quarter. You can't do it in game five. No, you can't do it. But they've done this. Uh, I want to say early two thousands. Uh, they had maybe a quarterback who was sick or whatever, and Belichick had to spend more time working with the quarterbacks. Um, he always has been able to jump in. It is not. Uh, what I would call ideal, but I would say this. Tom Landry. Tom Landry went from being a very talented and respected defense coordinator to being the guy who called plays for Dallas Cowboys when he was a head coach. Bill Belichick has always had reverence for the legends and history and those things. And so in his mind, he probably feels like, worst case, I could step in and fix this if it needs to be fixed. We
3: mentioned Jacksonville. Um, Obviously, you've seen them in the preseason. You got. You have to go back more to Trevor Lawrence was the next Andrew Luck, right? Mm-hmm. You go back, he was the can't-miss prospect. He would have been taken number one overall the year before, maybe even his, his after his freshman year, obviously, a, as well. Um, where is he
4: developing with this new offense and this new coaching staff? I think he's back to kind of being the player that we thought he would be when he came out of Clemson. There was a lot of uh, the comparison in terms of, uh, can't-miss prospect, guy who's very similar to Andrew Luck in terms of you You know what you're getting when you get him in the building. I'll say all of that stuff is still true. Outstanding talent. Um, guy has big-time arm talent. He's very athletic. He plays a position like you want to see it play in a new school way, meaning he can do all the stuff from the pocket, but he also has the athleticism to do it. I compared him to Look, man, I think he's Justin Herbert plus. I think he can do the same things that Justin Herbert can do in this league, but I think he might be a little more dynamic and explosive. Now, the key will be, how does Doug Peterson unlock that potential? And one of the ways that you can unlock it is making sure that what you're doing from a schematic standpoint fits how Trevor plays and how he wants to play. And so it becomes more of a partnership than a dictatorship. And they're working on that. You have – Mike McCoy, who has been a head coach, an offense coordinator, as the quarterback coach, and then you have Press Taylor. So the one thing that has really worked is it's very quarterback-centric when it comes to the offensive room, and everyone is saying, and Trevor has said this, everyone is speaking the same message. And that is really important that the words that the quarterback hears, the messaging is consistent throughout the building, and so that gives them a chance to be successful. Okay, that division's kind of wonky, right? Like like
3: there's a there's an outside thought that maybe the Colts have it. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, Matt Ryan indoors can still deliver the football well enough and they got everything else kind of yeah. kind of working. Um the Texans, I think were better than people thought they would be, but I still there's there appears to be still a ceiling there of of are they actually any good, right? And Tennessee, like look, you still have Derrick Henry, you still have a dynamic defense, but losing AJ Brown, boy that feels That feels like a blow to how they wanted to play, right? Get eight in the box and then find a way to get it to to, to A.J. Brown.
4: Where is Jacksonville in that mix? They feel, I would say, they're optimistic in terms of if they can navigate the first part of the season. I would say on defense, they are big. I mean, they are huge on defense. Uh, The number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, is, I mean, he's a giant. And so they're playing a 3-4 scheme where you have him at one outside linebacker, Josh Allen who's been a Pro Bowl player at other outside linebacker. They're big on the inside and so defensively they feel like they can create chaos and beat you up at the line of scrimmage. The key will be offensively, can the weapons perform well in elevated roles, meaning Christian Kirk can he go from being a number two, number three to being a guy who kind of Morphs into a number one in Jacksonville. Zay Jones, who was a two-three previous spots, can he be a solid number two to go with Marvin Jones? Can Evan Ingram return to being a Pro Bowl caliber player? You're asking a lot of things to hit, but if they hit, offensively they have enough firepower to allow Trevor Lawrence to play at a high level. It's, fa- it's going to be that's a, a, the fastest.
3: The, the step up in from number two to number one is a gigantic. It's like going from assistant coach to head coach. Right, it's different. It's, it's a, a different world. It's, it's definitely different. You mentioned Zay Jones. I, I, that's where like like I know we, we talk about the Cowboys too much because they're so popular <laughs> and they're also so polarizing. But I, I also think that some of our stuff on the Cowboys, look, I think C D Lamb's gonna be amazing and they obviously do too, because they're building this thing a little bit around him. But he doesn't have a lot around him to start the year. He just doesn't. And I, I my question is, and this is this is a purely a a non football guy to a football guy question. Everybody knows Pollard can catch the football. But that's as a running back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it change if you're, if you're in the slot? Like now you're, instead of going against linebackers, now you're going against nickel corners. Doesn't, doesn't that change? Not necessarily, it, it's a little bit of the step up you're talking about for Christian mm-hmm. Kirk, right? Going from a running back who catches the ball in the flat or option routes to being a slot wide receiver, that feels like a, a bigger jump than people are giving
4: it credit. It is a bigger jump. And you have to have uh, those tools in your bag if you're going to be able to make it. Uh, When Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey kind of became that, you could see that in college. You saw that in workouts. You could see them run routes like wide receivers. It wasn't new to them. The big thing with Tony Pollard, because Dallas and the Dallas Cowboys uh, fandom, there's always this debate between Tony Pollard should be the one because when I see him play, he's more dynamic in those things. But the difference is, there's a difference between the workhorse and the change of pace. When you're the workhorse and the number one, you know that you're getting all of the, all of the heavy stuff early in games, all the big hits, all the contact, you expected to shoulder load. When you're the change of pace guy, the defense has kind of been, the meat has been tenderized a little bit. You kind of yeah. pop in, yeah. pop out, you have a couple big plays, you go to the sideline. It not only requires a different skill set to be the workhorse, but a different mentality. And can you grind it out? And can you go uh, 15 carries for 38 yards, and then from carries 15 to 20, compile your 100-yard day? Everybody's not built to do that.
3: You know what that? You know what that 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 reminds me of? It's a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's an assistant in the NBA, and we were talking about six man to starter, right? And that six man, like you know, you're playing against backups, right? Like you're playing against backups, so and 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 there's not the you can just come in like you look at so many six man guards, the Jamal Crawford kind of position, the yeah. Bobby Jacks. You don't have to run offense. You got uh, like, It's me. But just go get buckets. You yeah, go get. You buckets. are brought in to go get buckets. <laughs> right? Whereas when you're the starter, you got all you got to get. Make sure everybody gets. You know, you got a Chris Paul. You got to make sure everybody gets their sugar early on in the game. You got to read the game, understand the coverage. You know, you get a, get a couple shots in, and then you kind of slowly progress. That's what the change of pace back is. The six
4: man. And the workhorse is the is the starter. Right? Yeah, it, it that is that. Basketball, football, at the pro level, it's a league and a game full of specialists. And the coordinator or the coach, his job is to make sure that he uses the specialists in the right way. And so the play caller has to have enough experience and expertise to have a vision for how I want this to play out, to make sure that everyone gets their touches so they can do the best job within the system. And so there's an art to that. And it takes a while to figure out, okay, Tony Pollard is best in this, but Zeke is best in that. How can we manage the game and navigate it where they're both being asked to do what they do really well without disrupting the flow of the offense in real time? That is hard, and that is an acquired skill that only happens through experience. Yeah, and I think the other part is, although we're
3: both kind of believers in Belichick, what you said about the Cowboys and the rhythm that the players require, that's also, there's a rhythm to the play calling that, yes. that goes with it. And then the Jaguars, where they have a room and they have a team that is solely dedicated to helping their young quarterback, where you don't, or at, from the outside, you don't necessarily get the sense of that in New England. So it does kind of come full circle in that conversation. With, with Bucky Brooks, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, you can hear more of Bucky if you just download Move the Sticks, his podcast. Uh, of course, or you get going to see him or hear him on Jacksonville Jaguars games. And of course, you can see, see Move the Sticks on the NFL Network as well. But coming up next, we're going to put Bucky's musical taste to the test. Ooh. Musical taste to the test. <laughs> That's the tease. That's next to the Dan Patrick Show.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
5: All right, Doug Gottlieb, Buggy
3: Brooks, in for Dan, the Danette, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, Michael Jackson, if you're not listening to the yeah. podcast, you can hear it.
4: Still a great song. Yeah. Come on, man. Like that. So you can tell me this is this is what we test on? Hey, all this, all this Michael Jackson stuff. No, no, no. That's not
3: no, that's not the test. That's not no. the test. So there's a new I don't I don't get into the thir- I don't really understand the Thursday night like Thursday night football's got a theme song. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. going to I watch football to watch football. But I do understand that to some people it's a it's a thing. Okay? So Amazon has Thursday night football, right? That that's right. And mm-hmm. Amazon I, I think almost everybody there seems to have come uh, on the broadcast the game side from NBC. And so uh, the same idea comes in with the uh, with the with the with the music, the Thursday night music. So it has been released. I want your immediate reaction when you hear it.
5: Thursday night football.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, not feeling it. I mean, I'm not.
4: I'm not. I'm not. Dr. Brooks is not
0: feeling it right now.
4: I'm uh, not in. 15. I'm not in. I'm not in love with it. The first part of it, I felt like it was. It's like a buildup there. It was like a buildup. Like build I'm going into the Coliseum, the Gladiators, yeah. that stuff. And then somewhere through it, it, it changed. That
3: would not. That would not. Well you're gonna put a bunch of highlights over it and hard hits and not, guys getting decapitated and yeah, carried that, off the field and limbs laying there and t-
4: whatever. That yeah, that doesn't make doesn't get me excited. No? Doesn't do it not for yet. you? Not like, yet. Okay. Maybe I need the visual to go with it. I think you need the visual. T V is a visual. visual medium. Maybe I need the visual to go with it. Maybe they have some splashy highlights and, and, and that stuff. But right Can't now Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: no, so no, if, no. If, if if Bucky Brooks was um uh Simon Cow, he would uh, uh, you hated it. It's terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, I, no, it was I just, wasn't, it's just missing,
4: missing something. I said it's missing something. Missing something. because I'm, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you running basketball practices or whatever. You know what the young people like, right? right? You dropped that in the basketball arena before. I think we're trying to get, trying to get excited. I just, I get
3: my thing is like, what is the target demo? Okay, now is the target demo like? older dudes that like NFL films because that feels like a new wave NFL films sort of song that's what it feels like it does kind of feel I could I could see it smell it feel it like football but I always thought those those songs were designed to bring in people that aren't traditional football yeah. people right that's why you have Carrie Underwood do it because well Carrie Underwood's beautiful mm-hmm. and super attractive and uh American Idol Right? She's not, but she doesn't reek football. She's married right. to a hockey player. Yeah. So anyway, I, I always thought that, you know, it's like the musical guest at halftime is usually designed, uh, halftime in the Super Bowl is usually designed for everyone else because people who watch football are going to watch football. Yeah. Regardless, it's for everybody else. That's the part to me that kind of misses. It's, I actually like it. I can see it and feel it and sense it. I just don't know who it's supposed to appeal to that it's going to uh, going to supposedly bring them in.
4: Yeah, no, it it doesn't bring in a new demographic. It doesn't bring in anything where if you're just casually uh just kind of walking by, you hit it like, Oh, let me turn to see what's No, nah, that that doesn't do it. Uh, I would think if you want the younger demographic, it has to be a little hipper. A little more bass in it. Get a, D, get a DJ, get some something. <laughs> yeah. Something, oh, I mean that's more that's more, <laughs> that's more ravish. That's more ravish. That's more Vegas. That's more Vegas. I think I think the young people would want maybe the baby, little baby, something like that, something that has a little more edge to it.
3: I'm not. Which one was the one with the with the with the comment? There's one with the comments who I can't remember. If it was little or duh? I like both babies. I think I'm trying to think which one. Which yeah. one. one it was? There's one.
1: It was duh baby. Duh baby.
3: So duh, duh baby yeah. is out. Duh baby is out. Very talented, but duh baby yeah. is out. Yeah. L- little baby. L- little baby has 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 a chance there. Here's maybe a compilation. L- little baby with little some something. with some yeah, with right. with somebody else. Yeah. Let let's circle back to the conversation of the day, which which continues to be Deshaun Watson. Uh, Eleven games. There's a lot of people who are going to sit there and go, man, like that's not enough. That's not enough. Then when you look at it, it's the strongest suspension that we've ever seen for something, of, and financial suspension. No no player's ever been fined five million dollars. I think the problem is the scale, right? Everybody knows he's making 240 guaranteed over the next five years, and so they feel like $5 million, by comparison, isn't enough. Uh, w- what's your lasting thought? Because next week, I don't think people are going to be talking about Deshaun until Deshaun comes back. Your lasting thought on the suspension agreement.
4: Uh, they had to meet like a, a middle ground to be able to get this off the – front pages. Uh, they knew that the suspension was not the original suspension with Sue Robinson. It wasn't going to satisfy the interests of outside. And so the NFL wanted to make sure from a PR standpoint, they took care of that part of it. For Deshaun Watson, look, man, he had, he had the way to play the long game. He could, you know, roll the dice and see if you know the suspension was going to be a year or longer because they talked about indefinite and maybe it being a year at a minimum. And then at some point, football players want to play. And you knew he was itching to play after voluntarily sitting out last year. Yeah. The prospect of being out two full seasons, man, that's that's almost a lifetime in 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 real time when it comes to football time. So he had to get back to to playing. And so I think this gives him an opportunity to get back on the field this season. Hopefully in his mind, he will put be able to put it behind him while acknowledging the air of his ways and trying to work on that through counseling and other stuff. I think that the challenge is going to be, as you pointed
3: out early in the show, is now he's LeBron first year in Miami. He's going to be oh, he's the, the most hated guy. Yeah. Right? The most hated guy in the NFL. And and you can sit there and go like, well he deserves it and he this or he that like that's fine. And or and and lots of guys like that yeah, bring it on. It's just a different feeling when you're – Deshaun
4: Watson has always been beloved. Yeah, because some people are built to be the villain. Like some people walk in the thing and they don't mind like being booed and hated and all that other stuff. Other guys want to be loved and beloved by by the fans. And so if you're Deshaun Watson and you've always been the guy who everyone has loved and celebrated, it's hard walking into the stadium when everyone is booing and you're getting all the other stuff. Can you lock in and focus in the midst of that? It's a different – you know,
3: I, I will I will I I got to say that you have people conflating this with the Calvin Ridley suspension, and I understand it's easy to go like, well, a guy bets on a game on one, you know, a, a weird parlay on his team, he gets a whole year. This guy's accused of, and the NFL found him guilty of sexual assault, you know, and with four these these four women. Like, well, these are non-comparable. These are, That's a non-sequitur. Yeah, right? Like a- Anybody who's ever played college sports knows the FBI comes to meets with you before the season. It's says, a problem. Do not bet yeah. on football. You will lose your career. Calvin Ridley would be very fortunate to have a career. You know, ga- gambling is the lifeblood of this sport. More than any other sport, gambling is the lifeblood of it. You cannot bet on your sport, period. It has nothing to do with the personal conduct.
4: It part. has nothing to do with that because what they're talking about is the integrity of the game yes. and as the game plays out Deshaun Watson's issue like doesn't it's impact a personal what hap- in, yeah, a personal personal it doesn't and... impact what happens between the lines yes. Calvin Ridley venturing into that space could eventually impact how the game is played between the lines which is why the NFL wanted to hit it off at the hit do you think the browns should go and get help like i mean i,
3: I think the, you play the waiting game you hope is Gar- probably going to get cut at some point in time Then you go after him and you get him on on the cheap.
4: You have to get him on the cheap. I don't think he's a significant upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. I understand why people are concerned about Jacoby Brissett playing. But this team is going to be built on the running game and the defense. Jimmy Garoppolo, look, he he had a great situation in San Francisco, and they grew tired of having him as a quarterback. I don't see the difference. I don't see what he would do in Cleveland on a short run to be able to prepare. Plus, if you
3: bring him in, you— run the risk of... Jacoby Brissett's a great dude, and he's been through a lot of it, right? And Mm -hmm. he's been, you know, New England let him walk away. Obviously, Indy, uh, you know, he was a a stopgap in Indy. He's been
4: through a lot, and that's why he has a job. But still, you run the risk of... You you, you could run the risk of losing the locker room. This guy's been here the entire time. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is the Johnny-come-lately. It could mess with, you know, the fabric of the chemistry of the locker room. So you have to be really, really careful when you make those decisions. All right. You, you prepared for your game tonight? Yeah, we're good. Who you guys playing? Playing Arlita. Arlita. Bad
3: news for Arlita. <laughs> I don't know about that. Run the damn ball. <laughs> Run the ball, coach.
4: Run. How do you handle the parents? That's what I... Uh, that's a difficult. That's always the hardest thing to parents. But we're going to be okay. We're we'll all right. All right. You know what? When you win,
3: usually, usually... <laughs> usually they're happy. For Bucky Brooks, I'm Doug Gottlieb. Download Move the Sticks. This is the Dan Patrick Show.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365.